Have you ever noticed the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Some of you may know me from my career in the distilled spirits industry as the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana. An industry, as I see it, more than just a little influenced by the occult and the work of opening doors and capturing essences. Here, you'll see another side of what I do and how I'm influenced by such experiences. Here, myself and occasionally friends will share first-hand accounts, stories shared with us, for tea and news, interviews, and a healthy dose of history and speculation. Settle in for the ride and enjoy. Perhaps that movement you saw out of the corner of your eye was more than just a shadow. Perhaps that weight on your shoulder, a bit more than fatigue. I've lived my whole life like this. Perceptive of those things that might be viewed by the less aware amongst us as simple circumstances, magic thinking, or even make-believe. Anticipating with the many ups and downs of my own perception, I have anxiously awaited the more positive of those experiences, dreading those of a darker caliber. I believe from societal observation in recent years that others are becoming acutely aware of the currently scientifically unmeasurable world that surrounds us. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. Join us as we take a hard left into the heath and the heather. Join us as we call out into the void, as the veil frays at the edges, and recall, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, Sawin, Pomana, a holiday familiar to kids and children at heart across America, a night of scary costumes, horror movies, and candy, as well as an occasional dose of drunken debauchery, a holiday that every goth looks forward to due to the dark imagery it conjures. However, what of its true spiritual origins? It's ties to not only heathen belief, but to the agrarian society that we gave up, perhaps unfortunately, for modern convenience. It's the one day a year, or the 31 days of the year, where it is seemingly acceptable to put away the societal norms and turn into the darkness a prankery, ancestral remembrance, and all manner of constructs in favor of venerating the sacred and profane concept buried deep in even the most normative of us all. But where did it start? What great power does its pagan roots hold over us yet? And what truly are the aspects of the date that stir something primeval inside of us? From the ancestral ghost to the trickster house elf, from the monstrous stragoi to the romantic vampire, or the werewolf from a movie of the same name as the holiday that 40 plus years later is still just as effective as the day it was released. From jack-o'-lanterns, bonfires, and bobbing for apples, we are here on this night to delve deep into Hollow's Eve on If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Halloween actually began as three holidays across two very unique cultures. In Rome, two very unique holidays were celebrated. Pomona, honoring the Roman goddess of tree fruits, particularly apples and pears, during the harvest season. This celebration was one of thanks to the goddess for her fruitful bounty, which would be much needed for the coming winter months. Offerings of fruit were left for Pomona to appease her. Celebrations were held around large bonfires, often replete with newly fermented cider or mead. This is the likely origin of bobbing for apples. The second celebration, also held in late October, was Feralia, the celebration of the passing and commemoration of the dead of the previous years. Meanwhile, in the British Isles, the Celts 
We're celebrating Samhain, the end of summer, literally, in similar ways. The bonfire is the beacon of hope and the waning light of the dark winter to come. This was the night when all manner of spirits were unleashed, the dying of the sun and the thinning of the veil. Ghoulish costumes were worn, often made of animal hides, to ward off harmful spirits. Ancestral spirits were venerated and asked for counsel at this time, and prayers were raised that the coming hard months wouldn't claim many lives. In addition to the general mischief the wandering spirits would cause, the thinning veil was believed by the Druids to make prophecies of the future more accurate, allowing this agrarian society to lay plans for the future year. The bonfires also served as a sacrificial altar of a sorts for animals as well as crops. And the celebration ended with the ceremonial lighting of the home hearth fires with the flame of the sacred bonfire for protection in the coming winter months. By the 8th century, the church and the pope had had enough and decided to co-opt yet another holiday into the November 1st celebration known as All Saints Day. Are you ready, Penny Riedel? Yes. Welcome back. To if you have ghosts, you have everything. To if you have ghosts, you have everything. Just trying to show Penny Riedel my radio voice, quote unquote. I got a voice, voice for radio and a face for radio too. Do you know what that means? No. It means I'm ugly. He is not ugly. <laughs> He's very handsome. I would marry him if he was not my father. <laughs> All right. So we are clearly here in the tiny bedroom studio with Miss Penny Marie Bishop, correct? Yes. All right. And do you know why we're here, Penny Who Marie Bishop? Who also lost a tooth in her mouth a couple of weeks ago because, like, my canine tooth was literally so loose that whenever I, like, pushed it the, um, this way... It, like, came out of my mouth and I had to spit it out, so. That's right. Lost canine tooth. Do you know why we're here? To talk about Halloween. To talk about what? Halloween. This is our special Halloween video because it's almost Halloween. No, no video, just audio. But yes, you are correct. This is the Halloween episode of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. And do you know why I brought you on this show? Because I wanted to do a podcast. Well, also because I wanted to get your perspective on what Halloween is. So, here's what I want, okay? I'm going to ask you first, okay? As just a fun holiday, alright? Nothing too serious, but just as a fun holiday, what do you know about Halloween? Tell me all about it. Um, that it's the only night of the year that monsters come out at night and bump in the night and... Technically, vampires do come out on Halloween night and scare you and bite you. Well, that's the more serious stuff, but what does Halloween mean as far as being a kid and having fun? Um, it means spending the whole day getting spooked with your family. Getting what? Spooked. Spooked. What about trick-or-treat? Tell me about trick-or-treat. What happens when you do trick-or-treat? You get candy. Yeah, but what do you have to do? Do you have to dress up? Yes. And what do you say when you knock on somebody's door? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. And what happens then? I get candy. Yeah, and uh, every once in a while, Daddy kind of rifles through your bag and steals a little candy too, right? How rude! <laughs> so, you said that Halloween is the one night that the spooks come out, right? Yep. That the ghosts and the goblins in the world, they're kind of a little bit more active? Yep. But that doesn't scare you, does it? Mm. A little bit? 
But it's okay, because you get to hang out with me and Mommy, and we go trick-or-treating together, right? Yeah. And we have a good time doing it, don't we? Oh, and if you want candy, why can't you trick-or-treat, Dad? Oh, I can trick-or-treat, and I sometimes do, and this year I'm going to as Duthy Woads. Well, are you going to get any candy instead of stealing it from me? Oh, am I going to get my own candy? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yes, I, I hopefully will. Maybe someone will feel bad for me and give me a little candy. Now, let me ask you this, okay? What is your favorite part of Halloween, short of the candy? Getting to dress up and getting scared. Yeah, what are you going to dress up as this year? Elsa from Elsa 2 in the white dress with my hair down. It's very, very specific, right? And I look exactly like her. You look exactly like Elsa, don't you? Yes. And so, let me ask you. When you go trick-or-treating, and there are spooks, and there are people dressed up as spooks to scare off the real spooks, are there ever times when you go trick-or-treating that you get a little scared? Well, without my parents. Well, you've never been without your parents, but if you weren't with us, you'd be scared. Yes. So do you want to hear a funny story? What? So when I was a kid, there was a family in town that had a very big porch that wrapped around their house. And they had a lot of grandkids and great-grandkids. And so every year, they made a haunted house out of their porch. And every year, my mom made me go. And she would hold my hand and tell me there was nothing to be scared of. But every year, I was super scared of that house. And you know why? There was one thing in that house that scared me. And do you know what it was? What? It wasn't anything gory. It wasn't anything bad. But there was a quote-unquote coffin on the porch, right? And in that coffin was somebody who became a very good friend of your daddy's uh, who was playing Dracula and never to fail he always knew when we walked up on the porch because he'd pop up out of that coffin and scare me so bad that I would run off the porch screaming. Dad, you know that's fake. Well, I knew it was fake then but it was still scary and that's the fun of Halloween, right? That even if, even if the majority of the quote-unquote spooks that you encounter on Halloween are fake, isn't that kind of the point that we like to be scared a little bit to some degree? Okay, but hear it all out, folks. Tonight is a trick trunker. I mean, um, soon is a trunker treat. And guess what? Some people are going to the trunk retreat with their parents. So all the kids that are watching this video around the world, just go to the trunk retreat. It's really fun. You get to collect free candy from the teachers. And you get scared a little bit, right? Uh, not really. The teachers don't wear any costumes. Yeah, but what about actual trick or treat? Don't you get excited to get scared just a little bit? I love getting scared. Okay. Oh, and have you guys listened to Goosebumps? Oh yes, I'm sure they've. I'm sure several people listening to this have watched Goosebumps or read Goosebumps. Yes. What's read Goosebumps? Read. There were books before there was a show. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, Penny Marie, we're gonna wrap this up, okay? Okay. Um, and we will have you back very shortly to to do an episode that we talked about about fairies. Oh, yeah, people. Now we're talking. All right. One more time before we leave. Say, hear it all out, folks. Hear it all out, folks. On. On. If. If. You have ghosts. You have ghosts. You have everything. You have everything. Love you. Love you. All right, welcome back to If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. And we've got a uh, special guest, not really, co-host, but she's been missing in action the past few weeks. Yep. <laughs> That's what she, just, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, like, you know, building a brand and stuff and putting a store together online and et cetera. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so we have the, as always, beautiful Kimberly Marie Bishop. Hey, guys. Yeah, maybe the more witchy of the two of us. I don't know about all that. 
well, more overtly <laughs> I just witchy. Lo- I just looked up a Gaelic word. <laughs> you, so. <laughs> you did. So we're here tonight on this special episode of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything to talk about Halloween. And hope you guys are enjoying it so far. This is a bonus episode. There's no commercials, uh, no advertisements whatsoever. This is literally just for you as you're driving around doing trick-or-treating or whatever you're doing or having your pre-adult party planning session or whatever. It's just something fun to give you a little bit of history and, um, you know, give you something to think about during the holiday. Right. So we just had Penny Marie on the show, and I let you listen to that clip. And so now I'm going to ask you, tell me what you think of when you think of Halloween without going into the witchy direction. So as an adult or as a child? Either way. Either way. Well, I mean, as a child, it was, as Penny said, it was trick-or-treating. It was... See, when I was a kid, we didn't live in town. We lived out out of town. So everywhere we went to go trick-or-treating, we had to drive there. So it was an event whenever I was a kid and we would go trick-or-treating. We would all load up in whichever vehicle, whether it was the, you know, I, th- I think it was a Buick that we had. Yeah, Buick, because his name was Herkimer. We had a Buick or the truck. We would all load up, all five of us, and whenever, you know... <laughs> the, the truck was a Ford Ranger, so you can imagine how comfortable that particular ride was. But we would start at my mammals, like right across the road from us, and then her neighbors right across the road from her, and then we'd go just through town. And it was an event, and we'd stop at like certain stores in town, and then on out to, we would end up, and somehow or another, all of us would end up at my Aunt Joe's at the end of the night. And and when I say all of us, like, Mamaw would beat us there. Right. You know, and it would be a whole thing. We would they, were, they would be playing euchre, and the kids would be eating candy and telling ghost stories or listening to spooky records and stuff like that. Like, my Aunt Joe had a great big, one of those great big long, like, chest record players. Mm-hmm. Which I think might even still be in her basement. I don't know. But, yeah, we would listen to creepy things and or uh, build our own haunted house in the basement or whatever. <laughs> it was just a big event. And then as I became a teenager, it became more hanging out with friends and having friends over and watching scary movies and let my dad scare the shit out of us. Crap. <laughs> right. The crap out of us. Crap, right. Do I need to put a bleep in there? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's okay. They PG-13. know what to, they know what to expect from us. So, um, yours was much more wholesome than my was. Mine was. Uh, I will say this. So, my parents didn't always decorate for all the holidays, but my mom was always really good about Halloween. Like, right. she loved Halloween. Loves Halloween still, right? And um, so, Halloween was always a thing with me and my mom. And growing up in a trailer park, Halloween was always like a super special time because, like. You know, you grow up in a trailer park and you're growing up around people, including us, that didn't have much money, but you did the best you could with what you had. And the beautiful part about it was living in the trailer park is like all the kids are going to come to your house, right? And so you know how my dad is. My dad is very much like if he didn't have to celebrate anything ever, he would be completely fine right. with not celebrating anything ever. He would so just, just let him cook food a couple of times a year and he'd be happy. Yeah, so Halloween was great for me just watching my dad just be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think he ever like I don't remember my dad ever going trick or treating with me and that's okay. Like it's not like a like we had plenty of other things that we did together, but it just wasn't his thing, right? But what was great was, like, I can always remember, like, getting ready for Halloween, whatever I was dressed up as and everything, and Mom's going to take me, and it's going to be a whole thing. We're going to go through the trailer park first. We're going to leave the trailer park. And, of course, you know, growing up in the trailer park, there were certain older people in the trailer park that would take care of me, and you get more candy from them, right, that take care of you. And then you go to town, and you got to do Darlene's house and Frank Anderson's house, et cetera. But I always knew... That my dad wasn't getting a free pass because my mom would always go to the, go and buy candy, like a bunch of candy, because she knew that all the kids were going to knock on our door. So my dad never got the free pass. Like, he may stay home. He might even fire up the barbecue grill. He might want to be, like, watching pro wrestling or whatever, but all night long. And I never got to see it. You know, just That's knock hilarious. after knock after knock on the door. And, like, there's a part of, like, my dad never dressed up as anything. 
But I do wonder how many Halloweens, like, he scarred children by coming to the door. In his, yeah, his tidy white. He's, like, just drinking a beer and watching wrestling. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a little part of me that's happy about that. But so I also have Halloween. There's two holidays that I have very, and maybe three. There's two that I have very distinct memories of, though. And they're not ones that are maybe more common to most kids, but. Halloween and Thanksgiving. Those are, those are, and you know this, those are my two big ones. That's my mm-hmm. time of the year, right? Uh, and maybe even more so November than October. Um, but I do distinctly remember that before I ever was even given my first CDs by my dad, and what he did was he passed on CDs that he was tired of hearing the songs on the radio, right? Right. So my obsession with Ozzy Osbourne, I can trace it down to a particular Halloween where we had a full moon. Mm-hmm. And it also snowed. What year was that? Because I remember, I, was I like remember a Halloween eight or nine years old when it happened. Re- well, that one, well that that tracks. I'd have been about twelve. Yeah. Because. And so we, the radio stations, and here, here's 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 the thing, the radio stations back in the day when they were actual radio stations, not pre-programmed whatever they play now. Right. Every radio station did a Halloween show. Mm-hmm. That was the thing, and it was always like. Whatever the weird, like, music was. And even here in the Midwest, like, you didn't get The Cure. You didn't get any of the new wave bands. Right. But you certainly got a lot of Ozzy Osbourne. And so I distinctly remember the first time I ever heard Bark at the Moon was that night. Right. And that Halloween, I remember that Halloween because it snowed. We were in the Ranger, and we were on our way to Aunt Joe's. And out that road going towards Aunt Joe's, um, you know, that series of S corners right before you get to um, where it turns to go towards the the water tower. Right. A truck had shot off the road there and hit a tree. And that was the first time I'd ever saw my dad like react to an accident. Like, like he stopped and he got out and he stayed with him and talked to him until, you know, EMS got there and that was a pretty intense night. And this just went from a super happy show to a super sad show. <laughs> I mean, the guy was okay. He was intoxicated. And that's probably the only thing that saved his life because, right. you know, he hit a tree. <laughs> yeah. We also grew up in the generation to, to sort of bring this back around to, to more of the celebration and the happiness side of things. <laughs> we also grew up in the generation where you had about three to five years where if you were a goth kid and you were a boy... You could just dress up as the crow and you got a pass. Right, right. <laughs> Which was, that was my M.O. in high school, basically. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to ask for Halloween? The crow. Duh. Duh. <laughs> it became a whole thing. But I think that's the super special thing about Halloween is that it's not, listen, most most holidays, to some degree or the other, were co-opted by the church to become a way to promote the church, Right. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with that, but I think Halloween still has that connotation of darkness. Right. Right. And the, the odd things become normal. And the other memory that I have that's very much associated with Halloween is, and this comes from my, I'll give you two memories, from both my grandmothers. The one is my grandmother, Wilson, loved the old Universal Monster movies. And you mm-hmm. know how I am. What I yep. do. I fell asleep watching Dracula, Dracula last, last night. night. Yep. Right. A movie that's... 90 years old now. Penny's watching the Munsters right now. <laughs> yes. And that's because of my grandma Wilson. She mm-hmm. loved that stuff. And because of dates that she went on when she was a young woman, like they were still replaying those movies at the theater. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she grew up with that. And there's something special about being able to cuddle up with somebody that you love when you watch a scary movie. Right. Not a right. gory movie. That's... Right. Well, and those movies of that time were, it was more <clears throat> what you didn't see. Exactly, and we'll get into that momentarily with another specific movie, right? The other memory that I have is we uh, there were a few people that we always went to see outside of town. And again, I grew mm-hmm. up in town. You grew up outside of town. Right. So the few people we'd go and see outside of town included my grandma Bishop here where we live at now. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure my grandma Bishop used Halloween as an excuse for three things. Crunch bars, mm-hmm. right? Big Red Chewing Gum, which I'm pretty sure she would just go to whatever store had Big Red Chewing Gum and she'd buy all of it. <laughs> because from Halloween until about February, if you want to... You are set on yes, chewing gum. you good on Big Red Chewing Gum. 
and also Rice Krispie Treats. The other thing we would do is we would go to see Mike Dunn's parents mm -hmm. every year. And we'd also cross the creek over here to Chris Lawson's grandmother, who her Halloween thing was not buying candy. It was caramel corn balls. See, I said one in my history that made, we called it candy, candy yeah, corn. Yeah, candy corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she would, it was my, my pop, mom's dad's uh friends well i don't fr friends that he worked for on the farm with them um that lived across from the the trailer park there in salem um but mamie would make the best probably arguably since we now have two caramel corn stories <laughs> your person loses i'm just telling you right now <laughs> And she would make them, like, fresh. And, of course, because, you know, my pop was their friend, we always got extra. And it was... And, and like, this this homemade caramel corn balls or candied corn balls are nothing like what you can buy in the store today. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a whole different experience. And, because, and, and it's made with air popped popcorn. Oh, yeah. With extra butter. Yes. <laughs> And, and delicious. And all the sugar. All the sugar. All the sugar. Well, and, and so she she would always, because the same as Grandma here, back in the day, you didn't just go out in the countryside and trick-or-treat, right? You didn't do that. So, like, if you got to go out and go to a couple of those houses, like, they bought extra stuff, right? And oh, yeah. if you were, like, one of the five kids that showed up. You got everything. Yeah. So I'd get, like, three or four of them damn caramel corn and they were balls it right wasn't like you know what i mean I right know, i don't know what that's actually called but it was uh it was delicious. mom could tell us i'm right. sure mom could tell us because yeah uh, absolutely um, but like in of course and then you've got like my aunt joe because you know there were there was her kids and me and my brother and sister we were all the kids so after a certain point we were the only ones that would come trick-or-treating and so she would do the whole you got a whole bag of treats oh yes apples and raisins. uncle kenny always made sure yeah. that you had a, a a golden delicious apple raisins candy all the things and you know she still does that for penny this year and, he, yeah. and she even brings penny golden delicious apples at christmas time too it's her favorite Yep, and Mamaw Bishop would do the raisins and the apples too. That mm -hmm. was that was always, and it was like the uh, the little boxes of raisins, but it was like the whole pack. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Which yep. was like the one thing. So I mentioned with Penny earlier that I stole some of her candy. I always enjoyed getting raisins from Mamaw Bishop because that was like the one thing Dad wouldn't eat. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you were judging whether or not your parents had been in your candy stash, if you judged it by the raisins. Nobody touched your candy. Right, right. <laughs> so, all right. So, the, all that being said, let's get into some of the some of the actual Halloween traditional stuff. Okay. Okay. And because you and I are both on the same spiritual realm or in very similar spiritual realms, and we've shared all this stuff together over the years. And before we even touch on that, I do want to say this. My favorite memories of Halloween ever. Mm-hmm. Or the Halloweens that we've spent together watching my silly ass <laughs> horror movies. Okay. Right. And some of them aren't silly. Halloween's not silly. We're going to get into that in a little while. But you've watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space with me to some degree. Right. <laughs> over the years. Right. And Critters. And Critters. And well, I watched Critters as a child, too. But... Yeah, but you've watched all the things that, like, all the weird stuff that gives me nightmares, which is not the normal stuff. Right. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, we, we spent Halloween's watching like CSI Miami. Right. <laughs> right. With like 42 pounds of pizza. Yeah. 42 pounds of pizza and some blackberry wine. Yes. Right. And those, right. those were all good times. Yes. And they always have been. So um, that being said, I want you to, I've done some of the exposition already. I mm -hmm. want you to touch on what Halloween is traditionally, what you know about Halloween. And we'll talk, we'll even touch on uh, what the Jack Lantern comes from. Right. So as um, a practitioner, so as they so call it, um, Samhain is the third of three harvest holidays on the wheel of the year. Um, I just looked up a Gaelic word. I can't pronounce it now because I've since spoken about other things. So I'm going to play it. Yeah, she has a pronunciation tool. 
pronouncing it? Lunasa. Lunasa. Okay, so that's the first. Lunasa. Um, Maybon is um, the fall equinox. And then Samhain. And Samhain is the end of the wheel of the year. It's the pagan new year, or the Celtic pagan new year. And it's when we put the earth to bed. Everything dies back. It's it's a spiritual death of sorts. Um, and there is a period of time between Maybon and like the middle of February where the veil is super thin between this world and the next. Luna saw mattresses <laughs> for when your mattress won't do. Anyway, um, now I completely <laughs> lost my train of thought. Thank you. Um, well, it's 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 the end of summer, right? right? And you are you're putting the garden to bed. You're putting some of your outside activities to bed. But the thing that I think gets missed, and and this is where the spooky season aspect of it comes in, is not only the thinning of the veil. You don't even have to believe in any of the magical aspects of Halloween to understand right. what it means. There's an inherent biological clock that we all have. And there's an understanding that the dark months are coming. And in the dark months... We rest. Well, not only do we rest, but the part of it I think is more important is that there's a trepidation. Right. Because the dark months, the cold months, that's when our immune system is at its lowest. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier, obviously... We, we understand some of the science behind it now. It's a lot easier to get depressed. Yeah. The light is going away. And some people, every year, will not make it. Right. Through the winter. Whether it's, you know, flu or whatever. Right? It's it's And it was much harder back in those days. Mm-hmm. And so to venerate that not only as, please... God, goddesses, whatever you believe in, help us make it through this. Here's a giant bonfire in your celebration. Help us get to the next harvest season. All the way down to that idea of starvation, right? It, it was right. a very, that's, we are not far removed no, not from at all. that. Things can go south and you can get back in a situation like that real quick, right? Mm-hmm. And if life revolves around whether or not your crops do well or you or they don't do well, you're going to do everything you can to venerate your gods and your ancestors at the same time. Right. And say, help us make it through this dark time. Right. And here's a bonfire that symbolizes the return of the sun next spring. And please, you know, at a time when maybe you didn't necessarily understand how the cosmos worked, please let the fucking sun come back. And there's right. another, there's, there's the second curse word. That one is that not a on, PG-13 no, curse that word. On, well, you get one, you get one F-bomb nowadays in PG-13. I guarantee you, your kids are seeing worse on Netflix. So. Probably. Very likely. Um, but, and then also, after Samhain, or All Hallows' Eve, in modern, um, I guess, faiths, we have All Saints Day or in a more ancient Latino um, culture, you have Dia de los Muertos or the Day of the Dead in which we pay homage to our ancestors. And in Latin cultures, they actually go out and dig up. <laughs> yeah, right over there. If you heard a weird noise, that was my stomach growling. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> They actually, you know, dig up their ancestors and bring them to the table and bring them into their homes and um, set ofrendas for their ancestors and and welcome them back into their home. Say, hey, we missed you, you know, join us. It's the same idea as in leaving an extra place at the table at Christmas or leaving an extra place um at the Thanksgiving table so that those those spirits can come and join you and be part of the family well, again. Even before you and I kind of got back into our spirituality, we every Halloween we've always set an altar in yes. one way, shape, or form, whether it just be milk and honey for the little people yes. or and, whatever. And jack-o'-lanterns. And we've jack-o-lanterns. always done jack-o'-lanterns. Yes. And what, what do I always tell you about jack-o'-lanterns? And we'll get into this in the next segment. So you got to make them look scary. Yeah. Because that's their purpose. Yes, their their purpose is to ward away um, 
un unsavory passers through since the veil is so thin um that's what that's what their that's what their job is for and actually through history we've learned that in Ireland and Scotland they used to actually have oversized turnips that they would hollow out and make scary faces in and carry them as lanterns So with um, jack-o'-lanterns, that evolved into modern society um, with the pumpkins, because pumpkins are kind of easier to come by now. And we always want our jack-o'-lanterns to be scary because they are meant to be a ward um, to keep evil spirits or unsavory spirits away from our homes um, and our ourselves. And as a practitioner, there are other things that we can do to like increase their warding power with different herbs and, and how we dress them and that's something that I've picked up doing now um the uh, there's kind of two stories to the jack-o'-lanterns there's the thing about the turnips and then um we were just reading there's a story about a person entity thing whatever you want to call it called stingy jack jack skeleton and that's where they say that jack-o'-lanterns came from. And it, it's, you know, creepy guy, you know, all that stuff. Which, as Alan said, you can make a leap that the story from Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas come, brings us Jack the Skeleton. Or Jack Skellington, I think is his Skellington, name. Skellington, yes. Yeah. Yes. Penny, call, Penny has called him Jack the Skeleton since she was old enough to talk and got into it. So that's what we call him. Yes. So that's that's another Halloween memory that I will throw out there too. So uh, for whatever reason, Halloween is always just like Thanksgiving, as I mentioned earlier. Those are the two holidays that I'm really into. In October and November, well, and even up through December, the end of December, have always seemed to me to be like, that's my time. Of yeah. Right. And so I even remember being a little kid, like, and Halloween coming up. And again, mom always decorated for Halloween. But I remember getting pumpkins, and it was always like that. Well, don't mess with it until we have time. And on the weekends, when mom and dad were off, and they weren't always off on Saturdays, I'd always wake up super early anyways, and I'd be in the right. stuff I wasn't supposed to be in. And I remember being four or five years old and carving a pumpkin on my own, which is probably not Not smart. safe, because I bet you didn't use a, a, car a safety carving kit, did you? I didn't have any safety carving kits when we were but kids. But If they did, nobody you was... You Michael Myers that stuff. I did. I did. <laughs> and I do remember that. But the other thing that I think people forget about about Halloween, too. So everybody hits September, and automatically they go to spooky season, right? Right. And for me, spooky season doesn't really start until the very end of September, very beginning of October. But it certainly does not end on October 31st. No, not at all. And to me, and I, you know, this is in the name. It's All Hallows Eve. Right. Just like Christmas Eve. Right. Right. The day of high reverence to me is the next day, the remembrance. Right. right. All the way down to, in our own practical application of magic, for whatever that's worth, we go visit graves of people that we've called upon. Mm -hmm. Right. That ancestor veneration, although they're not my ancestors. Right. Well, and we also do visit our family members as well. Yes. And we, we take flowers and offerings and, um, blessing, powder and blessing powder and, and even libation. Yeah. Um, we got to put Tommy green back to bed because Tommy gets me in trouble. He does. <laughs> Tommy can be a bit much sometimes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But more than that, the thing that I think that people don't understand. And one of the things I wanted to do this Halloween show for was because, those dark months, like I said, in our history, those were the scary months of the year. That's yeah. when, again, people may not make it through, okay? Right. And so it does not end even at the end of November the 1st. That's, right. Well, that's and the consider when these holidays were founded. It was before we had electricity. It was before mm -hmm. we had TVs. It was quiet. And how quiet is it in the wintertime? And this is how I explain it to Penny, is the cold 
all of the molecules slow down. Yes. So sound travels further. Sound is louder. You can hear things further away from you because it's not got as much tr- friction to travel through. You know, so it's it's generally speaking just a really creepy time because and the northern hemisphere has a lot of static electricity yes. and that oh, feeds yeah. things. You know, absolutely it feeds things. And and we're gonna get into all that and this is one of the reasons for this Halloween episode. Is because people don't realize just quite how creepy Christmas actually is. Oh yeah, that that's a thing. That's we're gonna get into some Norse stuff. Some and Dark Santa. Dark Santa, not the like dark Germanic Santa. And um, not not necessarily Krampus, but no, but, but Yule and and the Wild Hunt and yeah, and we'll just throw out just in general. There's a creepy old man that makes you presents, <laughs> and he can fit in any space. And they clearly say in all the mythology that he's an elf. He's a jolly old elf, and he has a connection to the Green Man. And he has a twinkle in his eye. Yes, and that's all coming. And also. Here's the other thing. So the, the hours are waning when you come into yes. this time of the year. And so one thing that people don't know historically is that, um, uh, say, a midwinter's night green uh, in general uh, kind of relates to that. But so when the hours wane and you don't have any electricity and you have no radio and you have no Internet, and you have no TV. There's not a whole lot to do. And you can't sleep for 14 hours most of the time. So what do you do? You wake up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And you and have take, a midnight snack. Yep. And you take a couple hours before you go back to bed. And generally the middle of the night is during the witching hour. And so weird things happen in the wintertime. Yes. And that's been lost on our civilization. And so our society. and if people don't know what the witching hour is or what it's considered to be, it's like between like 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. when things that go bump in the night go bump. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ask northern truck drivers slash logging truck drivers about 3 a.m. and you'll get a lot of stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of stories. So, you got anything else you want to add? So, and another thing that um, traditionally is done during Samhain, Dia de los Muertos, or All Saints Day, offerings are made um, to the good things that are passing through. Um, and to appease the maybe trickster things. Don't offer the trickster things any offerings. And this goes back to an earlier right, show. Right, right. And we didn't even touch on that in that show, but don't do it. Yeah. It's You stupid. don't say, you don't do it specifically. You put it there to keep them happy. And it was put there with good intentions. Yes, yes. Um, it didn't work out. No, no, not at all. Um, but we leave offerings of milk and honey, um, or in some cases, liquor, wine, um, food. Or increasingly so, too. And, and, and honestly, I, I am the first to admit when I didn't know something. So I didn't know about Pomana. Mm-hmm. I did not know that that was a thing. I didn't, I didn't know it existed. But we leave apples. Right. Every year. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. I mean, apples are ripe this time of the year, right? Yep. This was the height of brandy distilling season in the Black Forest of Southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be intentional, right? Right. Well, and is is that like a so Pomona? Is that like a female incarnation of Dionysus or Bacchus or uh, separate? Separate. Separate. Okay. So Dionysus is the god of the vine and the god of Bacchanalia. Well, what you know, Bacchus was derived from Dionysus, right? But, no, Pomana seems to be her own female entity, like the seed bearer, the, the, the fruit of the tree. So, like a divine feminine. Yes, very okay. much so. Yeah, like so, a, a So, then we would leave our apple, as we normally do, cut it on the, across the core. When you cut it across the core, you've got your five-pointed star, which is a... Star of David, etc., yes. It, which is a protection yes. symbol, contrary to popular culture. A protection against the dark months. Yes, a ahead. protection. And, and the apple is considered a super sacred fruit anyway. Right. Um, it's prosperity and, and, and good fortune the apple brings. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm going to quote Rush lyrics. 
good work is the key to good fortune. Indeed. So you do a good job taking care of your harvest, and you'll harvest well. Mm-hmm. And you'll be okay through those dark months. Yes. So, the final segment of our Halloween episode, we saved the best for last. Yes. Well, I mean, Penny Riedel is the best, but... Right. You know, secondarily speaking. <laughs> so, it's not like Easter has a movie right? called exactly. Easter. Or Christmas has a movie just called Christmas. Right. At least not one that I know of. Maybe it probably exists on Hallmark. Probably. (laughs) But Halloween has a movie named Halloween. Indeed. And it's not just a movie. It's the movie that started more than one trend. Right. First of all. It's kind of a cult classic, really. First of all is the trend of the slasher movie. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And everything that came after it, including its own sequels, were derivative of, of that formula. One. Yeah. And the second thing is it has the great Jamie Lee Curtis one year before a badass woman actor playing Ellen Ripley faced off with an alien. Sigourney Weaver. Jamie Lee Curtis is the first final girl. Right? Right? She's she's the queen of the horror. Yeah, I'd say both of them are, but well, yeah. I give Jamie Lee Curtis a little, a little more. And here's here's the masculinity. This is in honor of your dad, but she gets a uh, she gets a little a little more credit not only for being a year earlier, but also because that scene in True Lies. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just gonna throw that out there. But there's a reason why 40 plus years after that original Halloween movie, everyone still talks about it. And everyone still compares everything that comes after it. To it. To it. And do you know why that is? Because it's iconic. It's not just iconic, but it understands what this holiday is. Yes. That there is darkness in the world lurking in the shadows. And on Halloween night, that darkness might be a little bit more amplified. And there could be... Something behind that tree. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it also alludes to the magic of the fact that there are bad things and then there are bad things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and the other thing that Halloween as a movie got right, other than the final girl and other than the weird stalker situation the 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 child who with the darkest most evil eyes etc right that you could look at that movie and you could take it at its face value that this kid was a psycho he killed his sister and maybe there's some weird like grecian mythology behind that that can explain all of it or maybe it's just that you know some people aren't quite right right but there's just enough weirdness in that movie that there's a hint that something more is going on. Is going something on. more than a psychopath. Yes. To the extent that even the new movies, the, the most recent trilogy, and people miss it, it's still there. Even in even in Halloween Kills, which is like literally like nothing against David Gordon Green as a director. He literally made a Halloween movie that was actually <laughs> Friday the 13th is what he did. But there are still hints that there's something more. Right? Right. And that's what makes that movie 
beautiful, and it does it in such a way that you don't see any gore. Right. It's as much about what you don't see as what you do see. Right. And it's as much about the idea that things happen on that day, and maybe they happen for a reason, or maybe they don't happen for any reason at all. Right. Right? So, and that's one of the earliest things that we've always done in our relationship every year. We always watch Halloween. We watch Halloween. And I'm a dork enough that honestly, we've watched Halloween 4 and 5, and 5 is bad. Right. Like, there's a great movie underneath number 5. Yeah. (laughs) Right? It's just that maybe they were a little too liberal with whatever substances (laughs) were involved in the production. But there's still good movies, and there's still a good storyline there. And... I can't wait for Halloween ends, which by the right. time this airs, will have been out for what, like 16 days, 17 yeah. days, something like that. And by yeah. then I'll be like, either it was really good or it was terrible. One way right. or the other. The recap might be, it could go one of two ways. <laughs> it, it could, it could end up with like, like the um, new Rob Zombie, the Munsters. We're not going to talk about that because it's trash. It's just yeah. trash. Yeah. But the thing about Halloween too that I absolutely, not the movie Halloween 2, but Halloween, the first movie. The thing, too, about Halloween that I love is the idea that... You ever notice in the first movie, and I think people miss out on this, very rarely is that character referred to as Michael Myers in that movie. Right. Michael Myers does not exist right. in that movie. He is the shape. The shape. Which is creepy. Right, because it's, it, it alludes to the things that lurk in the shadows the shadows themselves or in folklore we call it um the shade mm-hmm. or even and they tried to touch on this in later later installments like the thorn trilogy four five and six right or five and six as it were really but i still think four is a part of it that there was something ceremonial something related to saw when involved in it right that there's Again, this idea of the sacred profane, this idea right. that this this force, as Loomis called him, this force of evil, had to exist in one way, shape, or form to balance things out, right? Right. Doesn't mean that that's a good movie, by the way. It's just, <laughs> again, good ideas, bad execution. Right. But... So it's it's like the idea that things can come through the veil more easily mm-hmm. at Samhain... And those things, while there are good things, they're also very, very not good things. Right. And the, and given the, the correct personality, mm-hmm. those Or things, lack thereof. Or lack thereof. A blank slate. A blank slate some, with, with no idea of morality one way or the other. Um, no, no nurture to go with the nature portion of it can be more easily affected well this this brings up dorky film questions <laughs> by the way uh oh so where the hell were his parents after like he killed his sister like didn't he kill them too no so if you remember I know in the Rob Zombie film yeah she we're went not talking back, we're not but... we're, don't bring up Rob Zombie on the show again because <laughs> I'm done with him after the monsters no so there was a deleted court scene where Michael was in court where his father was there. But if you remember from the movie cut, the last thing that you see of his parents are when he walks out of the house with the bloody knife after killing his sister and he takes the mask or they take the mask off of him. That's the last you see of his parents. What terrible parents. Right. <laughs> in general. Right. Right. They I just mean, they set him up for this. There's more to this story. Right. Right. Well, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He w- he was left alone on Halloween night to go trick or treating by himself or, w- or wasn't his sister supposed to take him? Wasn't that the way the well, story it's, went? Well, it's 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 the bad sister with the boyfriend story, right? Right. Um but I don't know. I I I think it's a there's there's that's the thing about Halloween that makes it beautiful, right? Is that even if you don't believe in any of the things about the holiday, any of the darkness that surrounds the holiday, uh, and you just you just understand human nature. Sometimes things happen. You can look at that movie as just it's a psycho underneath a mask, or you can look at it as 
yeah, but is it? And here's the fun part. I don't think there's a canon that explains it, right? No matter which no. which version of the timeline you there's believe not. in. like It just kind of leaves it pretty ambiguous and lets your mind fill in right. the blanks. And sometimes directors try to fill in the blanks and not very well. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I had this, this conversation with uh, Whiskey Morgue, who's uh, an Instagrammer, um, as well as uh, hosting a podcast uh, when we got our product into Canada. And I said, the thing about Halloween that I always look for, and you may go four or five years without a Halloween movie, but I will always look forward to a Halloween movie. You know why? Because even the worst Halloween movie... It's still a good movie. It's still going to be... Not a good movie. It's still going to be fun. Like, listen, compared to some of the horror movies that have come out in our lifetimes... Oh, I agree. I agree. Like, all the way down to Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, which I never really got into, or even Hellraiser... Uh, I will watch Buster Rhymes kick the shit out of Michael Myers all day long, all day long, right? a million times, because it's going to be fun, right? Right. But more than that, there's symbology behind it, right? And there's something super creepy about it not being explained, right? There not being an explanation, right? When they, when they, when, when you try to explain something like that, that's unexplainable, and you try to take right. the mystery away from it. And there's it's such more a terrifying deep, when there's not a motive. And there's such a deep-rooted cultural idea of what that character or lack of character is. Right. No one will ever agree with it. And that's what makes it special. Like, right. we're still debating it. We're mm -hmm. still talking about oh, it 40-plus yeah. years yeah. later. Right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty special for what amounted to a B-minus horror movie right. at the time. Right, with no real name players, mm -hmm. right? Not a not really a proven director at the time, and that theme on top of it. Oh yeah, both the main themes. Yeah, on top of it, that sparseness of it, that weirdness of it, that idea of like longing and mystery and wondering, and everyone knows that theme song. Everybody knows it. Yeah, everybody. Even if you've not seen the movie, you know. You know what you it came could from. be Amish coming out of Rum Springa and never seen that movie, right? And you know that theme, right? That's pretty special. So, how old were you when you watched the first one? <laughs> Are you just basically asking me how irresponsible were my parents? No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we stole cable very early on, <laughs> and uh, I woke up very early before my parents did, and so I saw a lot of movies I probably shouldn't have, and Halloween was certainly one of them. Uh, like, I remember, and I probably saw all the... So I've seen all of them since Halloween 6 in the theater, which uh, there's going to be people, people listening to the show and be like, I saw the first one in the theater. Um... I probably honestly had seen the first Halloween by the time I was seven. Yeah. Honestly. So did your dad ever, or, well, yeah, your, your dad, because I don't My dad hates would. horror movies, so Oh, he no. does? He wouldn't, he would never try to, like, scare you while you were watching it Have you anything? ever seen my dad watch a horror movie? Short of, I got him to watch, uh, uh, what was that, and I'm not going to say his name again, RZ. <laughs> that second, not House of a Thousand Corpses, but uh, The Devil's Rejects. He watched that, and you know why I watched it? Because I was like, and you know how I am. Sherry Moon Zombie? <laughs> no, I hate Leonard Skinner. And I was like, there's an awesome Leonard Skinner scene at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know if he would if he would be, you know, the kind of prankster to, to pick on you. and Not prankster enough to, uh, to pick on me during a horror movie because he just wouldn't watch him with me. See, my dad... He was a no limit soldier. Right. Well, I, the first time that we... I watched your dad watch Sharknado one time, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm somehow not surprised. So the first time that we really were, and it was just me and like six of my friends. Um, I think it was six, like six or seven, maybe eight of us crammed into my tiny bedroom upstairs, right? Um, I was like 16, so I'm. This is the first time that we were kind of turned loose in the the video store back when you know you could rent videotapes, tapes, not discs, kids, tapes. <laughs> when the video store also had the curtain over the back corner, yep. that said adults. Yeah, only. exactly. <laughs> um, 
we were going to turn loose and said, you know, go rent what you want. And we decided we wanted to watch horror movies. So I think we rented, uh, which one, which one of the Halloween movies was it where they were in the hospital? Was that two? Yeah. The, well, there's a couple, but yeah. Number, number two, if it was with Jamie Lee Curtis, it was number two. Yes. Yeah. It's so his continu- we, continuation of the night that he came home. Right. Yes. We, we watched Halloween two. Um, I think I know what you did last summer, so I'm. <laughs> that so gives you a time there's, frame. There's a typo negative cover of Summer Breeze at the beginning, so I'll give you a pass. Right. Um, and I think there was a, a couple more that we rented, um, but we were watching. We were watching Halloween two. It's like midnight, and my brother and sister were asleep, and we're screaming like eight teenage girls screaming at the TV don't go in there don't go in there and my dad was trying to come upstairs and tell us to you know be quiet because the younger siblings were asleep and it kind of escalated so our house is probably at that time maybe 120 something years old right um has whole logs in it still from the cabin that it used to be. Um, and the stairwell vibrated the whole house as you went upstairs. And you got to the upstairs and hit that landing and my door would rattle loose and pop open. So he goes up the stairs and he he purposefully tried to make noise that we would hear him so he knew that we knew that he was coming. We were screaming at the TV. We were loud. So we didn't hear him come up the stairs. But he hit that landing and that door popped open and it was like light bulb. Ding! <laughs> and he shoots across the hallway into my brother's room. Right? Which Corey and Christopher were sleeping downstairs. So, you know, Christopher wasn't in there. But he shot across the hall into Christopher's room and Christopher's door opened into his room. Mine opened out onto the landing. So it opened up. And we're and it did that slow, creepy open up real slow, right? Hit the wall. My friend, who was like four foot nothing, um, was like, "What the heck was that?" And she goes and she like peeks down the stairs, doesn't see anything. So she's a little bit creeped out. She goes and gets my tennis racket and walks all the way out on the landing. Well, about that time, my dad, who's watching through the crack in the door hits that door and slams it shut i swear to god her feet never touched the floor on the way back into the bedroom (laughs) and so dad had big fun that night and i yelled at him because he scared the crap out of us well about 20 minutes later mom comes upstairs to tell us number one that she's going to bed number two to stay in the house and number three to stop screaming (laughs) and she opens that door And we all, like, we screamed at the door. And she's like, what the hell? And I'm like, dad is picking on us. (laughs) Yeah, dad didn't, you you couldn't get dad to do horror movies. There's a lot of movies you couldn't get him to do. But, like, the only horror movies, quote unquote, that I ever remember watching with my dad were, for some reason, he liked Christine. I suspect because there was a car. And the same as Halloween, it's as much what you don't see as what you do see. It's the implication right. in your mind, right? And then Predator, which I think was really just Jesse Ventura with a fucking minigun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he was he was all about that, uh, 100%. Like, even even something like as simple as Jurassic Park. Like, cause my, my dad's not a dinosaur guy. Like, I remember the first time I tried to get him to watch Jurassic Park with me, because I went to the theater with my mom to go see that, right? He's like, yep, looks like big dumb lizards to me. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Right? All right. Well, I think that's all we got. You want to wish everybody happy Halloween? You guys have a safe and happy Halloween. Um, don't forget to light your jack lanterns. Right. And I know uh, three episodes in two days is a lot, but we are taking a short break until the end of November uh, so that we can recharge and get good stories for you guys one way or the other. So tomorrow, don't forget to check out on the Day of the Dead our second episode with Jack Begadoo. Begadoo, I mess it up every time, Jack. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Uh, it, it. It's it's the honky. 
Yeah, it's the Hoosier Occupied Northern Kentucky, uh, where Jack is going to delve into some more of his own paranormal experiences. 